You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. And welcome back to the Batuta Advocate podcast. This week we are going straight into part two of the Brendan Cow interview. We had such a great yarn with Brendan, we couldn't chop it down short enough, so we've done a two-parter with him. Last week we spoke about you know the life and times of the career from being an Australian soap opera star into a writer, into, I guess you'd say, a uh, Hollywood superstar working with James Cameron. And, and this week we're kind of talking about you know, his journey in London, living in Notting Hill, when he actually got the role that made him quite famous overseas in Game of Thrones, and, uh, you know, how he celebrated that famous 2017 Cronulla Sharks grand final while living in England, where not many other people could understand how excited he was. And then, of course, going into last year, where he actually caught coronavirus in what you know, he explains as a very, very dark time in his life and his recovery from that and his journey back to the top, his glow up, if you will. Thank you for tuning in. This is Brennan Cow, part two. What's it like there now? Because, I mean, I guess when you work with Australians, they know who you are. And then, yeah. but do you also, when you get like uh, working in different countries and you get a gig like that, whether they're filming in New Zealand or filming in England or filming in America, do you feel like you're starting your career all again as a, as a, yeah. as a kind of, yeah, now you're an outsider. You're basically starting from scratch in another yeah. kind of industry and another kind of. I guess well, that was definitely the move to London. Yeah, you know, is that I felt a bit like a big fish in a small pond, and especially with my partying and Ruben and everything, yeah. I started, you know, a few things that happened in the media, and I suddenly kind of just went, you know, I can always come back to Australia with my tail between my legs. I'm going to go and have a crack. And the great thing was I could reinvent my personality over there a yeah. bit as well and go. Who do you want to be, mate? And who are you? And and over there, it's so accepting over there. Yeah. Every culture's there. Every yeah. walk of life is on every in every tube cage. Yeah. yeah. And and the plays I do, they it wasn't diversity casting. It was just the best actors were from, you know, Brazil yeah. and and Africa and Scotland and yeah. so, and it was just wonderful to, to to get on stage with people from all around the world and the best actors from all around the world and it blew my mind and I had to start again and. I re-established a passion for acting mm-hmm. over there because I was starting to make films and, and I went over there and I went, I want to see how good I can be again and I want to test it again. Not many people know? do that once they've crossed that bridge. Like you, I mean, you did you did the screen adaption of the slap. Yeah. So you didn't write that. That's what it. taught me to London first. Yeah, Because right. the slap was huger over there right. than it was here because it played with class. Yeah, okay. yeah. And everything in Britain's got to be about class. Yeah, doesn't right. matter what yeah, yeah. murder drama or anything yeah. you're making. It yeah. has to be about the class system. Yeah. And and that was about, you know, the poor artist not having the lawyers to match the, the rich Greek guy. Yeah, He's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. kid, you know yeah. what I mean? And they just loved that. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that I wrote the Harry episode, which was Alex Dimitrios' character who slaps the kid, they were like, you wrote that out. You know, we loved that. And right. that got nominated and stuff. So that was my entry into London. Yeah. And that's why I went over to kind of follow that TV writing thing. Yeah. That fell to the side because I didn't stop acting for five yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> it went bananas. But, but once people get that director-writer credit, they don't tend to go back and you're like drawn back into it. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I loved it. And, and you know, the it's just wide open over there, yeah. the jobs that come in, that then do come in here. And, yeah. and that's not a criticism to either culture. It was just kind of amazing for me but also when i'd been there as a playwright you know often the reviews of my plays would start 
with as far as Aussie playwrights go, as far as, you know. <laughs> the Antipodean. <laughs> yeah, the Antipodean play, if that is even a thing. Uh, this playwright attempts to talk about sibling rivalry uh, and fails, you know. And it had that, like, why are you even here, home and away boy, you yeah. know. And whereas this time I went over, I don't know what it was, yeah. but people were like, come in, get on stage, play Galileo. Yeah. And no one in the reviews of, of Galileo mentioned I was Australian. Yeah. You know, nor in Yerma, you know, and, and it was just, it was like, what's happened here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly, I think it was London, it was just London became a world city and and there was, you know, there's still the Australian yeah. jokes, you yeah. know, and, and you still get run down on every set, but yeah. that's just friendly <laughs> yeah. fire, you yeah. know, yeah. And, and you can fire it back over there. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's really great. And yeah. the Americans are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this guy's such an asshole. They're like, but no, the Americans are more like, why are you being so mean to your friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, it's like, no, nah, I love him. Like, <laughs> they're so sarcastic. He, he said he loved my shirt. I mean, what do they think of, have Americans taken on your show? Where Do they connect with the tone? Nah, no, no, we, we went over there and met Will Ferrell and, um, and John C. Riley. John C. Riley and we did a bit of a junket thing with them and uh, all they could say were like okay so the hat Queensland. I, why didn't you tell me? I did two <laughs> movies in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Queensland. <laughs> they um I mean they I guess you know when you've got an Akuba on you can easily be kind of a, a, a You are these are great. Well Australians yeah. would yeah Australians would immediately think Crocodile Dundee and you know, um, yeah, that's where you get kind of compartmentalized, which I guess we're happy with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep no, your I distance. Was, yeah. I was kind of, I mean, America, if you can make the money, they mm. don't care where you're from. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're hot, and I've never been hot, mm. you know, so I've never really gone there. And I, if I am hot, I'll go, but if not, then mm. it can't think of anything worse. And, but you haven't but, had your whole this is your Hollywood moments coming in two months now, right? Well, yeah, I mean, my theory in two months. No, it's next year. Oh, right. Yeah, next yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, you know, I and this sounds like faux humility, which is very common in my line of work because, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people are all like they'll kill their sister for a job, but then when they get it, they go, I just can't believe it. Like, I am yeah. just so <laughs> surprised that you would even think of me. Think Meanwhile, that, they're yeah. like, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you told us that, Jan, that the Australian actor narrative is, yeah, I was just throwing shit in a skip been out front of NIDA <laughs> and one of me mates from the work site yeah. dared me to go and audition. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to and then I got in and here I am. I turned yeah. up there. I'd been out on the tiles all night drinking yeah. fucking Carlton Draft. Yeah. yeah, I had a black eye at the audition and they yeah. fucking... You know, I punched the like, director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's that kind of a, a thing but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll see what happens but, you know, I was talking to my mate, a photographer who's living in LA and it was kind of like... I reckon if you go overseas and you get a bank account, mm. a travel card, and a visa, and a car, and a house, and you live overseas mm -hmm. for a year or five years, you're a major success. Yeah, right. It's hard. Yeah. You know, not just living a new life, finding new friends, but being accepted there and getting a bank account and living in another country. I just I just think anyone who does it is a success. And, yeah. you know, I've got a couple of TV shows I'm writing, I've got a book coming out, I've got some acting later on the year. I'm a success. That'll do me. Yeah. So I don't – like, that's all I want to do is wake up and engage with yeah. work. So and I hope that doesn't sound like faux humility. Of course, if the films get bigger, for me that means – 
access to a guy like Paul Thomas Anderson or something. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Or to 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 working with Marion Cotillard or something. Yeah. You know, I just worked with Giovanni Rabisi and, and Edie Falco and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Well, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so for me, that's it. Yeah. You know, is that I got to then go to the bar after shooting and sat there and talked to you know, Giovanni till one o'clock in the morning about all the film, films he's done and, yeah. and exchange phone numbers, you yeah. know, and have the old text. And you're like, and try, try not to text him too much. No. <laughs> he said, try not to text him too much. And that's the hard thing. When you're, when you're in a hotel for seven months yeah. with famous people yeah. and you're getting on well and you're like, he said, maybe a bushwalk tomorrow. You're in the morning at 11, you're going, I'm about to go to the bushwalk. Do I go for it? With the, Do you want a bushwalk, Giovanni? Like, yeah. you never. And they're like, why didn't you tell me, bro? I would have gone with you. And you're like, well, I just, I had a panic attack over where the famous people mean they want to go on a bushwalk with yeah. a non-famous Australian guy. And so you're back to year four, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. trying to approach new, new, new kid, the new school. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Every actor's in their own head. I don't get nervous around actors because I know what's in their head. Yeah. And that's fear. Yeah. And they're trying to connect with the truth and do a good job. I get nervous around musicians because yeah. I'm a failed one. Yeah. And I just like, how do you know how to do all that? And you're a genius. <laughs> and I, I get nervous around dudes from Boy and Bear. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like anyone, yeah. any band. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I'm like, how do you, I want to be in a band? I want to be talented. Yeah. You know, when I, I met Robert Smith. Like, Mate, there's some Aussie actors that have proven you can do both. Yeah. <laughs> 30 on foot of cow is coming out, you know, but I'm a six out of 10 bass player, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, 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 um, yeah, so all, all actors are the same in that way. And, yeah. But the really good actors, you know, they're humble and they're good listeners, mm. you know what I mean? And, and you will get your shot. I think every actor gets their little, gets their time and, you know, yeah. to, to have a look at it. Do you think this, Whirlwind kind of last couple of years is why you've come back to riding Plum, which is basically not set in London, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's America. Set, set, set in that same bar, we that same tavern we started this podcast talking about, the Casbah. You've got themes of gambling addiction and very Australian kind of issues going on. I get divorce and, you know, and of course now we've got the, the, the added pressure of uh, sports science. Yeah, that's, that's kind of um, yeah. haunting a lot of men into their into their you know middle ages. Is that where it came from? Just sitting there and looking at the surreal life. You've got the Pakistani kind of curry house next door. You're living in London. Yeah, you know, you're hanging around with the. That's not Granada. Yeah, you're yeah. on the tube. Yeah, <laughs> mind the gap. <laughs> you're catching rail to work. It's yeah. kind of you know the best films about Australia have been made from overseas directors. You know what I mean and. Wake and Fried and Walk About and, and I feel like it was good to write about Australia from the Northern Hemisphere. From away, yeah. You know, because um, when you get here, you get caught up in it yeah, and you can't see it mm-hmm. because you are it. And yeah. being in London, I can kind of see Australia really clearly and yeah. coming back, you can kind of see where's casual racism at, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And everything's really illuminated and yeah. now I'm back. I'm back in Australia. I feel like I live in Australia and I've been back six months, you yeah. know. And all the beauty is suddenly so stunning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the eastern mm. suburbs now, not Newtown, and it's just like, what the hell is going on over here? <laughs> I mean, nobody looks happy. Yeah. Um, everyone's quite unhappy. But, the you know, it is so spectacular. Yeah. But, yeah, I, Sydney is pretty. We'll Sydney give it that. is extra. The east coast of New South Wales is mind-blowing. Mm. And, yeah, I found I made a big change in my life a few years ago, so I was 
it was kind of about that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of about a second chapter. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to write about my uncle and guys in Cronulla and that kind of lo-fi suburban guy. Yeah. And, and just kind of like what happens after 45? Yeah. And mates and just how much you mean to each other, how much male friendship means. Well, you see it with the old Italians and Greeks. They get to sit out front of the cafe until they die, you know, like the 90-year-old. Yeah. Um, but you don't yeah. really see that so much in the site, you know, the white Anglo kind of suburbs, do you? You don't really yeah. know where those blokes end up once the kids yeah. are out of school. And what are those golf trips about? And what yeah. are those punding groups about? Mm. And what and what's happening between men? Mm-hmm. And there's something really beautiful happening between men, but it's a language that not everyone can read. Yeah, yeah. And how and what do they do when they really need each other? Mm. And what do they do when they're shit scared? Yeah. And how do you say? To your mate, I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. I'm hundred k in the hole, or I'm having an affair with the neighbour, yeah. or whatever's going yeah. on. Or I've just got a reading from the doc. Yeah. The heart reading is at the high end of high, not the high end of normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so that it kind of deals with that. Like, yeah, right. what, what do you bloody do mm. as an Aussie male when you need another Aussie male to go along with you? And I found making my change, I needed other people as well. I couldn't yeah. do. I can't do it on my own. You yeah. need a community and. And now I think in you know in masculine terms, the old version of bravery was drink twenty scooters, get in a fight, get up, go to work, mm-hmm. play on the weekend. You know all yeah. that stuff was courage. Now courage is probably admitting to all that stuff and yeah. asking for help. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's somewhere in that middle ground. So yeah, I, nowadays you kind of look at that guy and think. What's going on, mate? Yeah, exactly. Whereas back in the day, you'd look at him and go, man, what a legend. He goes so hard. He's killing He, he <laughs> drinks all night and then plays football all day. Yeah. And then he goes and fights someone. We're like, whoa, he's a legend. Nowadays, you're kind of like, everything right at home, mate? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's, you know, if you don't if you don't put stuff down in your 20s, you drag it into your 30s, it actually gets, you know, solidified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like almost impossible to crack out of your 40s. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have what I call the sniper zone in your 40s with health where you get one phone call. It's like you're in big trouble here. Yeah. And you're like, I could either get through this one or not. Yeah, <laughs> so then yeah, I might yeah. be right for yeah. a while. And we all have one. We yeah. all have that little visit. It's yeah. like, hang on, what's happening? There's a bit of stuff in the family. And yeah. so it deals with all that. And, you know, and also his relationships with, with four women, you know, his ex-wife who, you know, they've kind of been very mean to each other, but they probably would be the person that's there for each other you know, the most and the love of his life, his girlfriend who he just can't seem to get it right with. Mm-hmm. And then this British girl who's is confined to a wheelchair, he sees recite a poem called Swap With Me, I'll Swap With You about how we, how we all have the same amount of exchangeable pain. Yep. And she gets him into writing poems and then he gets visited by poets at certain down and out moments yeah, in his right. life. And so it's a, the relationships with those women that he has to mend. And it's like, do you just keep doing shithead dude? Yeah. Or maybe after you've had your footy career or your acting career and kids are teenagers or you didn't have kids, maybe you can go like do a 180 mm-hmm. and have a completely different crack at life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because God knows I'd try. I'd, I've drunk it. I've been pissed in every bar all over the world. Yeah. I've had all the parties. I've had all the fun. I was like. You've resisted the, 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 the road bike. What's the road bike? You've, re- you've resisted the Lycra for your rebrand. like uh- Yeah. No, uh, uh, that's that's fucking dangerous doing that. I mean, there is like this. You think drinking, you think drinking in every pub safer than dr- fucking riding it the is. bike around? Absolutely. Especially it's in fucking happen. Australia. I mean, every like every week you read about some poor 
bastard in, like ending up under a fucking Kenworth or a Mac or something. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. If yeah. you wear Lycra that often, it's got to suck up the testicle. Like, it's got to have a long-term effect. And also, <laughs> they, they just take over a cafe, don't they? 16 yeah. of them, like, all the having shouts. a drink. <laughs> stupid shoes. You I, love that. I do yeah. like you see him having a ciggy, too. You're like, what? You've just ripped 50K. You're going to punch a dough? Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to be going fast. They have to be going lightning fast to justify that outfit. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like yeah. no one dresses up and and doesn't go at the speed of light. Like I'm only dressing up like that if I'm fully professional. But it no, is I, interesting that cycling is the one that you know. Even the Macho Man Prime Minister Tony Abbott was doing it, and it was totally okay. It's weird how that has been something men have allowed as an acceptable kind of later life. Yeah, and golf. Yeah, and golf. And I golf. mean, shoot me if I ever play golf. Yeah. So so it would be interesting to see poetry be that. You know. Uh, yeah. Why not? Very much. A, well, in my first book, it was like, why don't men talk to each other? And my second book's like, men will never talk to each other. Yeah. So maybe they could write some stuff down and, mm. and help each other do something, yeah. you know, physically. You know what I mean? Like go and pick up your car that you left at the airport or whatever like yeah. that and or go and blow up a car or whatever yeah. it is that you yeah. need to do. We can connect in other ways because we are there for each other. Yeah. We are loyal. And that happens on the footy field, yeah. Yeah. you know, and we cry at the footy yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So Plum's, Plum's in a conundrum that, you know, I can very much relate to and I feel like I wanted to write a book about that, yeah. about having a second crack at life. And also, you know, I don't know if my third book will be set in Cronulla, will it be the Cronulla trilogy or not, but um, <laughs> he... he um, the book is kind of about the world in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. as well. Yeah. Did you enjoy the experience of writing a book? Like, how does it compare to writing, you know, for the screen? Yeah, it's you can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, whereas writing for the screen, you can kind of be working on a few projects I've found. Maybe that's why my screen stuff's not always very good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's all consuming, you know. And, yeah. and when lockdown happened, you know, at that time in London – um, I had 10 shows booked. I was going to Italy, all the London stuff that you do. And then suddenly it was like, oh, you can't go to restaurant. You can't leave the house ever, you know. And it was yeah, just yeah. like, bang. Fucking and then I Morris. went, you know. And I had this um, I had this idea about a, a footy guy that gets into poetry, a concussed footy guy who has a degenerative brain disease. He gets, And it was going to be a TV show. And there was actually a company that wanted to make it. And I was talking to my friend Fiona Series over there, a writer, and she said, it's a book, mate. And then I went, oh, hang on, the world has stopped. And I think it might be stopped for a while. Yeah. Write this book. And so I mapped it all out and, and it took about 10 weeks to kind of get it all out. And it was beautiful because in the morning you just write exploratively and it's vomitous and you get this huge thing out. And then I'd go for a walk, have lunch or whatever, and then come back and then I'd revise it at night. And that was my process every day yeah. um, for those 10 weeks. But, I mean, I love the word. You know, yep. the best part of my writing is the writing itself. Um, structural, structure and storytelling I've had to work on. I've had to learn my craft and I've learnt that in in front of the audience, you yeah. know, because I, I didn't really ever study it. So um, I just read a lot of books. But it, it was great because I got to fly with language and that's, yeah. that's my favourite part of it. But it can really do your head in because you're carrying so much, you know. You're car carrying a mountain of stuff the whole time. and mm. But... Yeah, once I once I matched with Catherine Mellon at HarperCollins and she got the book and we went for another draft, 
I suddenly felt less alone. And, mm. and because I cried a lot writing the book, I thought I was onto something really special. Mm. But I sent it out to some publishers who were like, a sports book? Yeah, yeah. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's not a sports book. Yeah. Like, it's not it's a rugby league book. The autobiography of. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it is actually for the guy that only reads that book. Yeah. I hope he reads it. But it's a literary book yeah, about yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And about saving yourself from yourself. And so when Catherine, who's just incredible, connected with it, the next draft suddenly I went, oh, I'm not crazy. And then it became beautiful, you know. Yep. Well, we've managed to get through this entire interview without mentioning like the most tortured example of confused and insecure masculinity to come out of Cronulla, which is the Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, as as someone who's obviously fighting for that number one ticket holder at Cronulla Sharks? Well, I had it. You had it? Yeah. Did he take it from well, you? Well, maybe. Who, who else is in there? <laughs> I don't know, probably ex-players. Like, yeah. That's, a, like, that's the thing about Cronulla is- like Michael Clark. Is Clark, yeah, right. Um, Elmet Furson, I think. Elmet. I've never seen any of these people at a game. I oh, know is Michael Clark a Tigers fan, maybe. Yeah, no, he's, he he goes for West. Yeah, he, he goes does. for West, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, what is it like seeing the Prime Minister, who's obviously a controversial figure? We won't ask you any opinions like that. But seeing <laughs> oh, someone like he him does become his best, mate. <laughs> someone like him become the face of your club, which you obviously care a lot about. Yeah, um, I do. Even when I try, I get drawn back. Like, yeah. Even when I try to get out of there, <laughs> I just get dragged back into the shark net. Like, yeah. It's just in. It's it's long COVID. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just happening. But and I wonder if COVID is a secret, you know, disease created by book publishers to trap people in their houses to bring the novel back. Who knows? But it, you know what? I will say this also, I never saw him in a game. I was yeah. at Shark Park since I was four. Yeah. You know, and if we made the finals, we'd play under sixes yeah. there. My sister, you know, would date Luke Massey and, you yeah. know, and, and a few of the players and it was Mecca. It was the place that I was going to, you know, hopefully play and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And and so it was, you know, part of my landscape. And, and then as a fan, I was on the hill. I can still walk on that hill and all of the guys I was in year 10 with are in the same spot and you just – continue the conversation you know yeah. what I mean yeah, on that, yeah, yeah. this one curve yeah, where yeah. were we last home game um. yeah, Net Strata. now I take my cousin and my mum to Net Strata and it's great yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know you have a Coke Zero you buy a beanie and you leave you know And um, but I used to stand on that hill and the banter was unbelievable until it gets to you know you're losing into the second <laughs> half but yeah I saw Scotty it was actually a few years ago, I was uh, coming on after a radio guy to do 15 minutes of my passion for, and then maybe a few quiz or raffle questions or yeah. something like that. Because especially in the Ricky Stewart area, era, I was kind of the, the B-grade celebrity guy that was brought into the sheds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I did their, you know, Christmas party and yeah, I went yeah. on the cruise. And, Jesus, you must have done some living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, me and Brett Seymour and <laughs> Greg Bird and, you know. E.T. Yeah, yeah. well, E.T. coached me when I made reps. Right. You know, in under 12s. Oh, yeah, yeah. E.T. was the coach and I remember <laughs> saying, go dealer and stuff and <laughs> – and Matty Rogers, or you know, Matty Rogers, yeah. yeah. And I, I was in the same team as Adam Dykes. Yeah, you know, right. Adam Dykes was in the year below us, but he'd come up and score and, ten tries for our team. You know, but and Matty Johns, he was down there. Matty the was down room, there yeah. a bit, not his not his finest period. <laughs> no. Um, but no, I, I I saw I never saw Scotty at a game until he became prime minister. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know if that's a, just a criticism. They, I don't, say, that, I don't, they say the same thing about that um, Pentecostalism as they say about the Sharks. There's no gatekeepers. 
You know, you wouldn't be able to pull that off with the bunnies. You wouldn't be able to you, walk in there one day like, and say, yeah. I've like, been here forever. You couldn't do that <laughs> at the roosters. You couldn't do that at the fucking dragons. Cronulla's kind of like, they're you like, can't just walk we'll in have there you. And there's a lot like, of will have you about the sharks. You reckon? Well. I mean, there's a lot I of I just loyalists. think there's, we didn't notice you. <laughs> <laughs> because we're at the beach. You know, yeah. I it's pretty blase. Oh, and you look like. Like, we're never going to do the Viking clap. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. if we start to do the shark jaw, and, you know, like, the fin or something. Ninety percent of the crowd be like, "Fuck fin." Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to do like fin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's Cronulla culture. Yeah. You know, whereas, and I think the teams from more difficult areas have those fans. Yeah. Like because life's harder. Yeah. Whereas when you live in heaven on a, you know, on yeah. the beach, you're like, I'm pretty yeah. relaxed about how the sharks. We are. didn't notice you. You look like. The archetype of someone who would be talking about the Liberal Party in Cronulla. I mean, so yeah. like- it was an easy <laughs> transition for the Prime Minister because, you know, it's the same colour as the Waratahs, you know, so he didn't have to oh, buy a new jersey. A new scarf. No, but when I saw scarf. him, he was four rows. I was there with a girlfriend at the time and he was four rows ahead of me. And we were, I think we were playing Canberra to make the finals or something. And we ended up getting beaten. But we were ahead, and then Cameron came back and killed us a couple of years ago. And he was whooping the scarf yeah, yeah. above the The helicopter head. with the scarf. I was like, I've never seen that move <laughs> in league circles yeah, why you or would, mate, stands. We're, we're, yeah. we're Have playing you seen for, the scarf swing? We're playing to get into no. the finals too. It's like yeah. it's, it's not cold enough for a scarf. Yeah, and I, it's also not – it was more suitable to one of those kind of festive shows with horses yeah, yeah. that you take the family to yeah. when you're heading to Noosa yeah, yeah, and yeah. the show ponies come out and everybody's whipping around yeah. the, the, the lasso. Yeah, it's like, spectacular. Yeah. Like it's more <laughs> yeah, exactly. of, you know, something you'd see down at – Crystal Palace or something, you know, or it, you know, yeah. Craven Hill or, you know. It, it felt too cocky for yeah. Cronulla as yeah. well. Like we would never yeah. we would never stick the nail in yeah. or the boot in because we know it's going to really quickly <laughs> come, come back, back yeah. and get yeah. us. Yeah. The moment you think yeah. good things are happening for yeah. Cronulla, the four days later, Cronulla there's a drug shit. slash peptide oh. slash... There's erosion. Salary, there's <laughs> erosion. So we would never, ever tempt the gods with a scarf above the head, you know, and that's how I know there was, inauth- you know, a lack of authenticity I think, there. I think Albanese is going to have to ask him to name the entire side. On the I, floor in question time. I, I reckon he'd struggle. I said this on the rush hour. <laughs> I said, I, I want him to tell me what position David Peachy played. I want him to tell me <laughs> what the Amco Cup was. I want, you know, I want to say, what what year did Gavin Miller, you know, yeah. become a Sharks immortal? Like, <laughs> what I, year I, I, did you win the Premiership? What year did we re- win, win the Premiership? I mean, that was my greatest year of my life because I, I went straight from Premiership into Game of Thrones literally the next day and I right. thought, I don't know if it can get any better yeah. for me. You were in. Yeah, but yeah. were you in – did you follow that trophy back to Cronulla? Well, I, I was in London. Yeah, right. And, and my mates kept saying, you're coming back for semis because we'd won that 15 in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, no, this is clearly happening because I'm not at home. Like, because yeah. they have – it's that much to do with me yeah. uh, that I went, I'm going to stay abroad. <laughs> Because so, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> you're talking about their success is because I'm not in the country. Yeah. So I wasn't coming back to the semi because I'm like, I'm staying over here because I don't want them to stop weaning. <laughs> and then I had about 25 people in my living room at 8 a.m. on a Sunday because, you know, that yeah. was the time of grand finals on, on the coronas from 8 a.m. And the next morning I had my makeup call for Game of Thrones in Belfast and I had to get on like a 4.45 yeah. plane out of Luton or something <laughs> to go to Belfast. We won. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know if you guys remember. We won. 
fun. <laughs> and then I had Damien Irvine, who was the ex-chairman, and I had a whole bunch of Aussies and comedians and any Australian I could find in London was there. I went out up to the cow. I went to every pub in Notting Hills, singing up up Cronulla. <laughs> I I when went upstairs to the to the landlord's house till about three in the morning. Till mum came up, and was like, "You've got to get on a plane to Belfast <laughs> in an hour." And and I was like, "What?" And and she's like, "This is your big break, your big opportunity, and look what you're doing." And I'm like, "Up up Cronulla," you know. And and she goes, "You're you're gonna ruin this." And I went. I, I got straight on the plane. I only took my passport. Yeah. You know. I, tracksuit on took the park sharks tracks on took the passport nothing else and i went through and i was red haggard pissed everything <laughs> i walk into makeup and the makeup artist goes just come exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> you look like a, yeah you look yeah. like a fantasy <laughs> yeah she goes you look like you've been at sea for 200 years this yeah. is exactly what we want we'll just put a big scar there which yeah. will be a metal cleaver and you're fantastic so it all worked well <laughs> yeah that's great. But no, I hadn't seen Scotty there before and he shook my hand a couple of times mm. and um yeah. Loved you in the castle, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him he's streaming. <laughs> you know. But you know, and they he always talks about I love sport, I love the theatre of it. I'm like, well, I've never seen you the fucking theatre, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like if you uh, love the theatre of it, <laughs> uh, mate, the why are you a Belvoir, you fucker? <laughs> uh, the theatre's not for me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's you said before that it's kind of like, oh, I didn't want to jinx Cronulla by being in the country, but it was very much the opposite as well. It's like, maybe I'm jinxing my career by going back for a grand final. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was the secret <laughs> yeah. message. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I love London. I connected with it. I, I want to go back. You know, it's. I nearly went yeah. back a few months ago and I thought, is it better to kind of hide away here or to mm -hmm. go and face it there. And I feel I just feel like there's a different type of hell wherever you go at yeah. the moment. Mm -hmm. And it depends yeah. upon your brand of hell. Yeah. You know, it's it's difficult over there. There's you know, the schools have got kids and teachers with it and there's people still dying because Delta doesn't give a fuck. No. Like like no. the song says, it's born to try. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it yeah. will try and yeah. try and yeah. try. And it seems so, you know, I feel like the word with, as you said earlier, living with it's just it's no one's fault. It's not Melbourne's, not Sydney. Yeah. It's not anyone. It's this thing's bigger than us. Yeah. We've got to work together. We're lucky we we were able to have like a relatively manageable strain while oh. we were inventing the vaccine. Like yeah. imagine if we were hit with Delta off the bat, we'd be fucked because the lockdown. Oh, no. <laughs> but I was listening to old you know Tegan Taylor and Norman Swan yesterday yeah. on the Corona Cast. Yeah. Great eleven minutes every day, <laughs> and they've got a lovely flirty yeah. timber between them that mm. I love and. And Norm, she she's proposed a good question. It's like, is the original coronavirus gone now? Delta's in. Where's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's it? Because I got that one yeah, last right. year. Oh, I had it for eight weeks. Right. Okay. I'm a survivor. It's awful. Yeah. Like, I really? thought I was so you got die. the good dose. You yeah. got the first one. No, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So what did it do to you? It's just like the, the you're about the first person I've ever touched who's, who's fucking got it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, luckily we're doing this on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it could my long COVID could still be. Uh, no, it's it's everything the word sick is, but you all the sicknesses you've ever had. Yeah, yeah, at once. Yeah, so you feel you're you vomiting. Yeah, oh my, and you, my nerves were tingling like I had a thousand ants under my skin. <sighs> And I wanted to be sick the whole time and I couldn't move and I had no energy and a noise in my head and oh. my feet felt... Weird. Eight weeks, you reckon? 
eight, nine weeks. And the thing so with London got, was you couldn't go to the, the doctor dog. until you had a negative result. So they sent you out a test, which took two weeks. <laughs> then it took fucking... it 10 days for them to take it away. Yeah. And also, I don't think I did the test right because I can't shove a thing up my nose like that voluntarily. Yeah. yeah. You can't get it that far yeah, doing know, it on you your need, own. You need like a, a cold-blooded nurse yes. to do that. <laughs> I actually don't mind the feeling. Oh, like, oh like, I don't mind the feeling. Mate, I mean, I, with Avatar, like, I had it three I've times a week. I've gone to yeah. go and get a test because I kind of liked the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Sadistic. I was like, fuck, I was like, I was like, fuck, that's a strange feeling, isn't it? Especially got, when you've been in lockdown, you're a bit lonely. It's yeah. like, I'll take what I can get. And it's yeah. just like a little bit of nasal penetration on <laughs> yeah. a Tuesday afternoon. And I mean, they, like they go down the back thanks, of your Rhonda. throat, and they, you know, they lube it up and they shove it up your nose. And they text you the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, is that what the back of my throat smells like? Fucking it, you know. Well, these ones you had to go nose, yeah. snap it off. Oh, right. And then tonsil with the other yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then put yeah, that in a tube. Yeah. And doing that all on my own in front of the mirror. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I got a negative and then it wasn't till I got yeah. the blood test that saw that it, it was in there. Yeah, right. But also it was three weeks before I got a result. So then I could go to the doctor and, you know, in a PPE. And But that, it was, I mean, I remember being on Zoom to mum and my sister and just literally collapsing, yeah. like kind of passing out and go, I've got to go. And collapsing onto the floor, and a lot of the time I genuinely thought I might die. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and I had. And friends. I'm sure the news cycle was just great <laughs> alongside your own it was personal a, battle. It was, a, it was a shocker, and I just had a bit of heartbreak as well. I had a girl, you know, who was there with me, and that didn't end up well. The lockdown situation, like it was all like, I think this is as bad as life can get. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was in a basement flat, you know, in Notting yeah. Hill. So my eyes just saw feet going past. It was like I'm underground. And then rats started coming oh, out. Oh no! And that's the part of London that people don't tell you about. No, yeah. then then mice started coming the out. The alpha male rat. I remember, yeah. like, yeah. I was sitting, I was lying on my sofa bed at 10 a.m. in the morning, eating a microwave margarita pizza because all I could have was like red and bread. Yeah. You know, I couldn't eat anything else. How did you get them? What would you love to like Uber Eats? Uber Eats, Marks and Spencer. Fucking so, dead. like the version of Woolworths. Fuck you, so, yeah, I'm yeah, a long yeah. way in 12 months. And, 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 and so, I was just microwave that, and I was watching this art house film called Portrait of a Lady on Fire or something. And there's two young lesbians on fire, and me eating a microwave pizza, and then this huge rat comes in, a mice, a huge mouse, and it stands on the mouse trap that I've put up and just goes on his two feet and starts laughing at me. And I'm just sitting there weeping, watching <laughs> watching an art house movie, the microwave pizza, going, I know where to live. Yeah. And that was, that was dark, rock yeah. bottom, man. Yeah, that's a dark And so I wasn't even that. drinking, you know. I'm like, I, like, I can't even take the shit to town, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just pure unadulterated misery. But then I got a text um, from the New Zealand government saying, your, your visa's come through and, I was off, and Avatar was back on, and and then I and then I started to feel better. I went down. That's almost an immediate turnaround. That kind of yeah. yeah and then my best mate came. My best mate Johnny Duncan. He he was living in the south in the country, and he came in and said, "I'm getting you out of this house." And so yeah. we put my house in storage, <laughs> and I went and stayed in his Airbnb on in the countryside. And I yeah. started to feel better, and then um, they kicked my flight back two weeks. So I went, "What do I do?" And then the numbers were down in Italy. Yeah. So I went to Italy on my own. Oh. And I was reborn in the churches of Italy and I went and saw Galileo's finger and I went around Florence and Venice 
feeling better after the eight weeks. And, it, and my mum said, you died in that flat <laughs> yeah, right. and you were reborn in really? Italy. Really? And there was no one in Venice. <laughs> yeah. No one. The last time I went, they got hit by a thousand selfie sticks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, mum and I went. I was walking around like the Prince of Spain, going from island to island. Then I went around Florence and drove around Tuscany. It's like, what is going on? Just completely empty roads. Empty. Fuck. And the, and they were so happy to see you. And all the provinces were coming into Florence. Yeah, they never get the the tourist town to themselves. They were yeah. dancing. All the restaurants were out in the main squares, and it was just it was just me. And you already had you'd, you'd already had it, so you weren't too worried. I was about coming the out. Of, yeah, well, yeah. I was eight weeks in. You're no long yeah. contagious. It was yeah. over. And then I went to New Zealand. They hadn't even heard of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and had six months there um, shooting avatars. So yeah, it t- it turned around. Well, from you know, from from dying in a flat Notting Hill to <laughs> to being reborn in Italy, he's back down at the Casbah with his new book, Plum. Brendan Cow, um, yeah, thank you for joining us. What yeah, a great yarn! Once you finish the book, I don't know if you have finished the book, but if you finish it, there will definitely be another conversation because the the yeah. end of the book yep. is a real, you know, oh right, okay. Um, so I'd love to see what you thought. So, yeah, let's let's do it. All right, do Beauty. it again. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Thank you.